Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios here at Grace FM in Colorado, uh, listening to a live broadcast. Uh, If you're listening to Grace FM or you're listening to Radio by Grace or online, either one of those stations, networks, you are listening live. Otherwise, on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, right now you're listening to a one-week delay. What that means is is that, yes, the program is live, but on your station and your network, it is broadcasting one week delayed. And that means you can call the show while it's on the air. We'll answer your call live for everyone listening. And then you get to listen next week to your own self on the radio, which is kind of cool. Uh, so we've been doing it for many years now. It works excellent. And yeah, you can, when you call and you get on the air, if you've never done it before, you, it's like talking on the phone together. That's all it really is. It's, I know you get nervous and maybe right now you're nervous. You don't want to call. You don't, you're, you're unsure about yourself. How's it going to be? It's, it's weird. It's on the radio and all that. Well, you don't even hear yourself uh, because you have to turn your radio down and it's just like talking on the phone and the Lord willing, I'll. The Lord will lead me by his spirit to help you with your question, to walk through the Bible with you, uh, to pray for you. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. And please do text me 24 hours, seven days a week. The text line is open for prayer. And during the program, it's open for questions, prayer requests. You want to connect and you can't call but you're in a safe place to text, then go for it. Put the numbers in your in your phone book so you don't have to worry about them. Uh, the text line, which is dedicated to texting only, we don't answer the phone, we don't answer any voicemail, only text 720-336-0897. The other number is only open for the phone line. It's we pay We pay for the phone lines just for the show. Uh, that's the only way we use them. 303-690-3000 is the number. A lot going on around here at Calvary Church in Aurora. I know many of you are praying, uh, and I don't typically do the Friday broadcast, but I really felt burdened to do it today because we have a team right now on the ground, on the border in Ukraine. I've been talking to them. I actually interviewed them uh, not only not even a couple hours ago as they were settling down for the evening. They've already... Um, let me see. I got my notes here. They already have, uh, I probably didn't write it down correctly. I think they have nine people with them already, moms and and, uh, grow, and, and teenage daughters. Uh, I talked to Pastor Byron, Pastor JJ, Emily, Byron's wife. I talked to Randy. I'm just talking about, um, you know, what what is it? How did they know they should go? Why should they go? Um, we're producing that right now. And we're going to air it on Grace FM tomorrow. 
Uh, and then it'll be available on my Lead to Serve podcast as a special episode. Uh, and so we're producing it right now. Uh, it should be done, you know, in hours. I don't, I don't know if Kevin, however Kevin has time, we're going to get it done. Uh, we also had an opportunity to speak with the local media here uh, on Channel 4 here in Denver. A reporter uh, Dylan Thomas came by and we talked about the heart of going. I also did an interview today with Calvary Chapel Magazine uh, that uh, will come out in a couple days. Uh, just talking about mi- the ministry mindset behind this. Why? I think one of the greater questions of why would we send people? Um, that was a great question that was asked. And uh, I answered that in the interview. So when we get that, we'll post it as well. Um, all that to say is that we we want to we want to make sure that we're sensitive to the situation around us, but more so sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I also felt it necessary to write a blog post this morning uh, on the topic of Russia and Ukraine and Ezekiel thirty eight. And that's also available. So it was a big day of production today of communicating the gospel and ministering to the questions that are on our hearts and minds. And you can get all that you know, by signing up on our email list. You can follow us on Instagram, on our Calvary Church Instagram page. You can go to my website, edtaylor.org, and follow. sign up for the email updates or go the today's um, today's post uh, and edtaylor.org. Don't go to .com. It's a professional Santa Claus. I am not Santa Claus. Um, can't, and the guy wouldn't sell me his domain. Believe me, we tried. We, we even hired a broker to go after it, and Santa was a little bit out of his mind. He wanted way too much money for, for our name, so he can have it. But I have it at taylor.org. Uh, and that's our my my blog. I got a lot you can do, Pastor Ed Taylor, Pastor Ed. Uh, there's a lot of domains, but at any rate, um, ah, man, you know the Lord is just, um, um, you know, Lord is is, I think, brokenhearted over the condition of war and what sin does to each other and you go, Ed, how could you say that? God is sovereign. God has allowed this. God, well, I'll tell you how I can say this. I can tell you that. Do you remember the time when Jesus rolled up uh, on the home of Lazarus? You remember that? And he, Lazarus had died. And let me get to that. Let me open it up here. You remember, are you guys with me? Um, he, he rolls up on Mary and Martha's house and for some reason I can't find it here. Um, yes, John 11. It's been a long day. I'm sorry. John 11. Lazarus of Bethany sick. Jesus delays his coming. He dies. Jesus shows up and even says this amazing statement. Um, he says that Lazarus is dead. This is even hard to read to think about how much loss what you guys are hearing and uh, you know those of you that are struggling or grieving. And he says, "I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there, that you may believe." 
Nevertheless, let us go and to him. And, you know, he comes up into uh, the city and he has the conversation with Mary and Martha. This is all in John 11. And then in verse 35, there's this little snippet here. Jesus is in full control. He is sovereign. He knows everything that's going to happen. And he says, or the Bible says, Jesus wept. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we have the perfect embodiment of God in human flesh in Jesus Christ, right? He is God, second person of the Trinity, God in human flesh, and he cries at the weeping and mourning of the people over the death of Lazarus. And and there's debate on why he's crying. Forget about the debate. Let's just admit that he's emoting an emotional response to to the pain of sin. Death is there because of sin. That's the root cause of everyone's, of the whole difficulty surrounding Lazarus's life and death and family. Uh, and there he is emoting. And I think God is emoting today over the condition of our world, over war, over... I, I was talking to Byron and Emily on the and uh, JJ and Randy on the on the phone call today. I recorded it, and I got to talk to a couple of the women. One knew English because she was a translator. The other one, it was so sweet. Uh, and the, you know, the quality was kind of bad with the phone call, but but they're in the border of Ukraine, right, in a war zone, and they're talking to us. Um, but the other one we did by translation. It was just beautiful. Ah, you know, just just beautiful. I hope you listen to it. 303-690-3000. Keegan up in Fort Collins. Welcome to the program. Howdy. Hey, you're on mm-hmm. the air. Oh, um, cool. So uh, how are you, Pastor? I, uh, I'm doing well. I had a question about, I believe it's in Luke. I don't have a Bible in front of me. Um, but Jesus mentions unrighteous mammon. Make friends of yourself. Righteous mammon. I'm not be sure what yes. that what he means by that. Um, it's a great question. Help clarify that. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, first of all, the when you ask a question like that, you're asking an interpretative question, and so whether you realize it or not, you're approaching the Bible uh, in an inductive Bible study way, where you see something, you ask a question for the definition, and then as you ask answer the question, you're going to come to the to a an interpretation hopefully we'll come to the right interpretation but we'll come to an interpretation so the first thing we always want to look at is the context right after settling the the word if there's any significance in the words uh we want to look at the context and in this case the the literal word mamona is a masculine noun in the greek and it means wealth and it's a it's a word that personifies riches or possessions or gains. So from a, a Greek Bible a Greek dictionary, we pretty much come up with the word what it means, what the word means. It refers to money. But also in the context we can see the same thing. Uh, if we were to pull back and didn't have a Greek dictionary and all we did was look at the context of Luke's of this passage, you can see that he starts out in in the very beginning of the chapter in chapter 16 about a rich man who given some of his riches to a steward. He wanted it, that steward to be a, give account of his riches, and and then the steward is using his position uh, for the future. Right? He's he's 
uh, he's taking advantage and stealing from his from his master, but he's also looking for his future and. So when he says, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, you may receive you into an everlasting home. You know, he who is faithful and also in much uh, will, he who is faithful in what is least will be faithful in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust in as much. Therefore, if you haven't been faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? And if you're not faithful with what another man's is, who will give to you what is your own? And the confusion on the actual instruction of Jesus here is like, is Jesus telling you to sin and steal from your master? And, you know, that would be a contradiction of his nature, is the entirety of his teaching. Uh, and I don't believe he's emphasizing the sinfulness of the master. I think he's saying, look, you can only be entrusted with unrighteous mammon. Money is a, is a neutral instrument, instrument that the world uses for commerce. So that's the only thing that we can work with. And when we are entrusted with the resources of others, when we are entrusted with money uh, and possessions and wealth, uh, it's important that we're faithful with it, looking to the future and it, faithful to what God is. In, so if God has entrusted to us five bucks, we better be faithful with that. If he's entrusted to us $5 million, we better be faithful with that. Um, because if we don't know how to handle unrighteous mammon, we don't, underhand, we don't know how to handle the world's system, then how will we ever learn how to live in, in kingdom righteousness? Amen. Cool. No, that, that, uh, that helps a lot. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a great question. And have you ever studied the inductive Bible study method? Did you even know you were doing that? I, I've heard the method before. Um, never been in like a constructive environment where I could learn to do so. Um, but it, it's, I really like kind of asking those questions because I, I think the Lord has something within those, like stirs something within my heart with, you know, with all that. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. So let me recommend a book to you that you can start on. And you, every time a question like this comes up, I'm always reminded we need to bring, I have a friend down in the Springs uh, that, that, teaches inductive Bible study. We just need to bring them up and do a, a class and a seminar here. It's like a Friday night, Saturday thing, um, and super, super helpful. But until then, Pastor Skip Heitzig did a phenomenal job of simplifying the process as an introduction on how to do it in a book that he wrote. It's called How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. Nice. And I, so I suggest you get Heitzig. it. Skip Heitzig. Yep. Super simple, Wonderful. very thin. It's not like a seminary book, but it's a basic introduction to the system, to the um, inductive Bible study method. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, answering my question. That clarifies a lot with that. It kind of contrasts the parable of the stewards um, who were faithful and invested and, and were able to make more from that. Um, yes. Gotcha. So Wonderful. good. Well, thank and, you very you know, much. They... Um, just, I, I'm just keeping in prayer uh, our fellow believers and even even those who are not in U in the Ukraine right now. Um, That's right. So, God bless that, Fantastic. that situation, Lord uh, Maranatha. So, God bless you, brother. Bye bye. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand three oh three. Six nine zero three thousand. Let's see. Come back to my call screen. All lines are open. Take advantage of it before they fill up. 
303-690-3000. My husband was saved. There's a text. And again, text me. I'll fill in some of the time uh, with text questions. My husband was saved this past Sunday. Congratulations. I was saved when I was nine. People keep praising me for what I've done in my husband's life. And I feel conflicted because I know it has nothing to do with me, but I want to be polite and accept the praise. Do you have any words of wisdom? And what a mature response to this wonderful thing that's happening around you. And and I actually touched on this in my Bible study teaching this last weekend here at Calvary. Because there's two extremes when it comes to appreciation. One is that we take out the position of, well, we don't want to steal anybody's rewards, so we're not going to appreciate anyone. We're not going to give anyone attention. We're not going to mention anything that anyone ever did because somehow that will steal their rewards and diminish the glory of God. I think that's an extreme, um, and I don't agree with it. I don't agree that we should withhold appreciation. I don't agree we should withhold affirmation or encouragement. I mean, the Bible is very clear uh, that in love we do express appreciation, um, and then there's the then there's another extreme where you know, like you say, you want to avoid, um, you know, take praise to yourself and oh look what look what a great wife I've been and yes, if it wasn't for me, my husband would be saved and my husband would be lost and you know it and we don't want that extreme either, and and so what we want to learn to do is exactly what the Bible says and that is to give God the glory for great things he has done. And at the same time, recognize, yeah, you haven't been a perfect wife. We all know that. We, we know that you didn't save your husband. We know that there are flaws and failures in your life. True, we, we agree. However, you have had a walk with the Lord. You have had times of abiding in Christ. You have had choices of obeying God and submitting to your husband even when you didn't want to and all of those things. You, 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 I don't know the history of your life, but you probably had choice to leave and um, just give up. And, and so there has been behavior on your part in your personal walk with the Lord. And we don't want to ne- neglect that. We want to encourage you in that. And so, so I use the example just for myself. Um, over the years, the Lord has allowed me to be a part of wonderful things and and you know, maybe even after a Bible study, somebody will come up and say, oh, pastor, pastor, that was the best Bible study I've ever had. Uh, the Lord spoke to me, convicted me. I'm going to make these changes, and I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. I've learned over the years to respond something like this. You're welcome. And then immediately say, but isn't the Lord so good that he would use his word in your life? Isn't the Lord so good that he would speak to you? Isn't God so good? And then I become a partner with that person, rejoicing in the work of God. Okay, so I was the tool. You were the part of the tool that God used in your husband's life. Yes, we're the tool, but that's what we are. We're just tools. We're just voices. We're just instruments. And we can appreciate, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. I'm so blessed to be used in your life. It's so good that God would use in your life. And so take the appreciation and then turn it right back to the Lord. And you get both. Because, you know, don't let it get to your head. You know you better than anyone else. You know all your faults and failures. You know it wasn't you. And yet at the same time, you do know you love Jesus. You do know you love your husband. You are happy he got saved. And so just be careful of pride. Thinking too highly of ourselves. 
pride, which is a false humility, thinking too lowly of ourselves, and be careful of taking any of God's glory. Um, but it's okay to it's okay to accept appreciation and then give it right back to the Lord. That's what's going to happen in eternity. We're going to get a crown for a reward from the Lord, and we're going to cast it right back at his feet. Isn't that awesome? We're going to get rewarded for the work that Jesus has done in our lives, and then we're going to thank him for it. Yeah, that's going to be a great day. All right, let's head over to Maryland now, Columbia, Maryland. Lynn, welcome to the program. Yes, thanks so, so much. God bless you. I Thank just you. have a question on Matthew twenty five, thirty one through forty six, okay. the judgment of nations. Yes. You know that Jesus uh is going to judge whether the nation will be has been compassionate towards Israel during tribulation. That's I hope correct. America will be judged as a sheep nation, but I else not nowhere else in the Bible I have heard that in heaven there are nations. <laughs> How does that okay. work? Well, I mean, again, in the I think in eternity there won't be the eraser of nations because we know ex- at least one. You know, at least there's two categories right now. In there's two categories right now, really three categories of people and people groups, if you will, or grouping. Let's put it this way: groupings of people that will transcend into eternity. They won't be erased. The memory of the nations, even though we kind of t- think of nations with artificial borders and languages and and proximities, the the way the Bible describes people groups today or groupings of people are threefold. Number one, there is the Jewish nation or the Jew, uh, who is a bona fide DNA connected Jewish man or woman, the apple of God's eye. Everyone else. It would be considered a Gentile. Uh, every everyone outside of the Jewish race, uh, the Jewish people, uh, would be considered a Gentile. That's the second grouping, and then the third grouping would be the church, and the church is an entity of it, if uh, and an identity in and of itself. It's a new covenant identity of those men and women, both Jew and Gentile, that were that were forever um, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And and so we do know that carries on. And again, I, as I was talking, I, I do remember, it's interesting, there are going to be some kind of identifications in heaven because you'll remember um, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it says that there's a group that sings a song. Remember that? They sang a song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and you were redeemed to us by God, or excuse me, re- you redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. And so while they are the church, they are the redeemed there's still a memory or some kind of marking of where they came from and how they lived on earth. Okay. I mean, I pray for Israel every day for the peace of Jerusalem because I know the Lord loves Jerusalem. And I want God to look at the United States with favor and grace. And and I've been wanting, okay, let's... When the judgment come, I really want the United States to be a sheep nation. 
that's always part of my prayer. But that's a good it, prayer to pray. I mean, and you know, I was think of I think of a similar prayer. You know, when I'm when I'm praying, although I don't know that I emphasize that as much as you do, and I thank you for offering that to me. That's a that's a, that's a neat thing um, that you are sharing. I think in First Timothy uh, we have that prayer that em- that emphasis to pray for all those who are in authority right those that are making decisions um those that have authority and leadership in nations and particularly our nation um i think that that's a good your prayer which you just shared i pray for a president be, every day too yeah good compliment if I have just yeah 30 more seconds for one quick question so when if i die and you know you know, absent from body, present in the Lord, and, and and resurrect first, and then the church will be raptured. Uh, when do we go in front of our Lord's judgment seat? Yeah, there's you know there's there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate about that. Um, some put it very early on after your presence of the Lord. Some put it later after the uh, before the Great White Throne Judgment. Uh, but after the Great Tribulation period, um, is it going to be individual? Are we all going to be as a group? I mean, there's a lot of debate on that. Um, so it's going to happen in eternity, though. Um, how it happens individually, you know, it's not really, the timeline isn't as clear as, you know, folks would make it sound like. Okay. I appreciate you answering question and appreciate your ministry. God bless. Well, bless you, Lynn. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's a, it's a sobering thing I've been thinking lately. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, um, but I have been thinking uh, lately, what a surprise, the Bema seat. I, I believe that's what our sister was referring to, the Bema seat judgment, um, you know, the traditional view and and I do hold this. And Lynn, I'm sorry I didn't uh, tell you this before you hung up, but you can email me. I'll give you 12 chronological events of the end times uh, that I put together uh, with the help of other pastors. Not like I made it up, uh, but the help of other pastors. Uh, you have the age of grace we're in now, the rapture of the church, then the Bema seat judgment. And with all that's going on in Russia right now, what's not on this list is the Battle of Gog and Magog. You know why? Because there's debate on that too. Um, it seems like there's, uh, among Christians, we love to worship God and we love to argue. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our argumentative, divisive spirits at times. And get, bring more unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Father, I just pray right now as we come to the midsection of this program that I pray, God, that... Uh, that we would strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, that we would obediently abide in you, Christ, seeking you first and your kingdom, knowing that all these things will be added unto us. God, that you would forgive us for going astray and digging our heels in and being so judgmental. Forgive us, God, for our hypercriticalness and even doing it all in your name. We have sinned, God, and we pray for a healing of forgiveness among us and a, and a brokenness of heart, Lord, and a humility among us that we would be quickly about the Father's business in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, we're coming up on the uh, 
midpoint of the program today. We have an open line, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And uh, we will hear the music shortly, and then we'll be back. Text me, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. We put out a lot of information today as a church. We It all was contained in an email. I did a news interview with our team in Ukraine. Uh, we I put out a new blog post. We're producing a new podcast episode right now. I'll talk a little bit about that for the second halfers uh, on this live broadcast. It is Friday. My name is Ed, and I'm here um, hosting today. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. I know uh, it's Friday. Uh, We normally have another pastor uh, filling in, but he actually uh, is in Hungary right now uh, ministering in the crisis Uh, We also here at Calvary have a team that's on the border. We've already moved one fam, two families uh, into safe um, living arrangements outside of Ukraine. And they're going back today. Well, they're sleeping now while this is live, but they're going to go back for three more families. I think I forget the numbers. I thought I wrote it down, uh, but I didn't. But they either have nine people with them now and they're going to go get 12 or they have 12 people with them now, and they're going to go get nine more tomorrow. Uh, so pray for our team. Uh, we've been trying to to get the word out as best that we can to get you praying uh, and covering and supporting, um, even giving financially. So many people in a time like this look for an outlet, and this is an outlet particularly where you know um, it's not going to a large organization, but it's going to people on the ground uh, distributing uh, the help because we have a personal relationship with a church in Zaporozhia. And some of you know now, never even heard of Zaporozhia before, but now because of the news and what's happening with Russia attacking the one of the largest nuclear reactors in Europe, it happens to be in Zaporozhia. Uh, and one of our pastors here, Byron, was the pastor of the Calvary Chapel there in Zaporozhia for many years. He also was the pastor of the Calvary Chapel in Donetsk for many years. They were actually living, and I got the right number today, they were actually living in Ukraine for eight years. They're back now with us, but now they're back in Ukraine with a small, with a small team ministering. And uh, and so we. I just heard here on Grace FM, you guys listening on another station, you don't hear the same messages during the break that we do here, but I did a little a little blurb to say, if you want to give to the Ukrainian Relief Fund, you can do it, go to our website. And I said, as at, when I recorded it, it was 500,000 refugees. And now you know by now it's 1.2 million, the last number I saw. And I read an article today that they're expecting at least 4 million or 10% of the population of Ukraine will end up becoming refugees because of this war and invasion. And it's just brutal. It's I was able to talk with Byron and Emily personally right before the show and Randy and JJ and a couple of the women that... Uh, had to leave their sons and their husband behind. They had to leave their mom and mother-in-law behind uh, to the future of 
unknown. They unknown. They don't know how it's going to turn out. They don't know if they'll ever see each other again. They don't know if they'll ever be able to go home. So when you think of refugees, you think of immigration, you think of all the political nonsense that exists. But it, this isn't political nonsense. These are these are lives. And I was just um, moved to tears listening to the sister speak in Russian and then have Emily uh, translate it for us. Um, and, and, you know, she originally we were, she said she wanted to, and then she broke down and I said, it's okay if she, and she says, no, she wants to. And she composed herself and shared with her, shared with us her story. Um, it's real life, real people. Um, and may the Lord help us. We can't do everything. And so let's not be overwhelmed that we can't do everything, but we can do something. And we want to. Let's come back to Denver now. Uh, Brent is on line one. Brent, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Um, I wanted to ask a question. I called in for prayer. And I did want to say um, my problems seem so insignificant compared to what they're going through. So it it kind of sometimes when you feel like you're really burdened, um, you just kind of see what other people are really going through. And it just kind of lightens my burden. Um, Can I talk to that for a second? Can I just speak to that for a second before we talk about, uh, I want, because I think a lot of people are feeling that and I'm glad that you shared your perspective because I really think a lot of people are feeling that. Yeah. I'll give you an example and then I'll give some explanation. You know, when I'm, when I'm teaching at a guest church or I'm away or I even mention uh, that Marie and I, uh, you know, we, we have great grief because our son passed away. There is a there is a common response that says, you know, I couldn't possibly ever feel what you're feeling, Pastor Ed, because I've never lost a child. And then there's almost immediate disconnect, kind of like, and we do this naturally. I don't even think it's sinfully. I think we do it naturally as we compare our situations, situations and we go, well, my situation is different than their situation. Uh, and so, you know, I'm going to just sort of either dismiss mine or, you know, make it less than what it really is. And, and, and that's not a wise decision. And I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, it's great. I, you know, let's use my example and then I'll get to yours in uh, next. Yeah. It's great that no one has experienced the loss of a son. Yes, yes, yes. But pain is pain, no matter the source. And yeah, you would be right. And what you said, you're right. Um, your situation is different. It's it's different than what's happening in Ukraine right now. That's because that's what I just talked about. It's different, and and it seems to, if you want to use scales, it's less than having to leave your family and be in a war zone. Yeah, you're right. That's true. However, we want to be careful with the conclusion because the difficulty you're in right now, Brent is real, it's difficult, and it's to the level of, you know, bringing you fear, anxiety, desire. Uh, And so you're experiencing many of the same things that someone else is. Yeah, maybe not the intensity. Their comparisons are accurate, but God, he sees your pain too. He loves you and he wants to meet, I believe, the needs that you have in Christ Jesus. And develop in what already has happened, you know, so what already happened, Brent, in your heart is 
you look at your difficulty, you hear other stories, and you have compassion for them. Imagine that, Brent. Do you know there was a time in my life when I would hear somebody's difficult story and had no compassion for them? That's how lost I was. And look what God has done, and sometimes he does that through our own pain. Yeah, I uh, I just, uh, it puts everything into perspective. Um, it does. I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, okay, I go started. Ahead. I started going down to uh, the uh, church in the city, uh, Beth Israel, and I had visited two other uh, Jewish congregations, <clears throat> Messianic, and uh, this one, I'm not going to say who it is, um, but uh, there was a, a person who was a, a guest speaker, and I was shocked. They, they, um, there's a name I think you'd use the other day for the movement, but uh, they adhere strictly to Shabbat on Friday, sunset, Saturday. They said when they have the after meal, after service meal, to bring it has to be kosher. Um, they. Uh, this guest speaker, I had asked a question about the Third Temple, but that was really kind of a throwdown question. My real question was, I asked him, do you attend synagogue? And he said, yes. He kind of, I was shocked that he kind of um, talked, kind of talked uh, down to another person who asked a question, and I was kind of shocked. But um, I think there's a name for it. Down down at Church in the City, <clears throat> none of that is, is apparent. Correct. Um, it's not. And, and you know, Rabbi Walker is just wonderful, and Pastor Haroon, they're, they're wonderful. And I feel comfortable down there, and I love the fact Good. that it's it's a very mixed meeting. But um, what is the name of that movement? And I felt, uh, and they also, I asked my friend who invited me, I said, well, when, have, when do y'all do communion? He says, they haven't done communion in two months. And... Yeah, I'm not familiar with a particular movement. Like, I don't, I'm, you know, there is a general, there's a general statement, but then the church in the city would fall under this category, would be a messianic um, church, a messianic church that wants to keep the Jewish roots symbolically, but believe in the new covenant. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what that group was, but I can tell you this, they were neither biblical nor new covenant. And they weren't keeping either because they're not offering any sacrifice. And if they say, if you ask them, well, what's your, where's the goat? Where's the, where's the lamb? Where's the scapegoat? Who, where's the sacrifice? What's the temple? And they go, well, we don't need one because we have Jesus. Well, they're neither at, at that point, then they're neither adhering to the old covenant by mandate. Neither are they adhering to the new covenant by faith. They, I don't know what they're doing, but they're certainly not following the new covenant of grace especially is taught directly to that group in Galatians and Hebrews. The, um, yeah, that, I just kind of felt from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I said, I told my two friends, I said, I can't come back here. And I did, and then I went down to church in the city, and it was wonderful. It was, it was, uh, and, and I love the fact that, and now I'm not, I'm not judging that other congregation. I just felt it wasn't for me, but um, this. Well, I am, I, I would, I'm not judging them either. I'm not judging them either, but by way you described them, the Bible is judging them. Like the teaching, the clear teachings of Jesus led, and the clear teachings of the Holy Spirit inspiring the scriptures uh, so it is okay to make a biblical judgment on certain teachings, 
because false teachings need to be brought into the light of the scriptures. So let me just say, um, we we have some calls waiting. So is there a prayer request that you have? Can I pray yeah, for you? Yeah, the only the prayer request I have is um, uh, my uh, payroll check uh, two weeks ago, or a week ago, I got it. It bounced. And oh, no. I found out today that I wasn't the only one, and I'm supposed to get a second check for the month. And uh, in other words, two-week period, and I'm praying that it's good. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so I just need prayer that the Lord oversee my that. finances. And that, Father, that, I that. pray right now for my brother Brent, uh, and I pray that that the work that he has done will be matched by the money that he is owed that would be matched by the leadership of the company he works for, uh, would be able to put things in order in such a way that they could keep their commitments to their employees. And Lord, that's a real... Uh, in my mind, I'm I'm praying through a very mechanical, humanistic, well, not just humanistic, but human way of solving this. But I know your Holy Spirit uh, can take care of it immediately, um, and you can make a way where there is no way. So I pray that into my brother's life, and I pray for his provision to be given uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone else, thank you, Ed. Bye-bye. But bless you, man. Bye-bye. All right, let's go on to line number three here in Colorado again, Wheat Ridge. Joseph, welcome to the program. Good to hear your voice, Pastor Taylor. So hey, what's uh, up? my question, you know, I listened to uh, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs at, Pastor Jack Hibbs at a, um, uh, Calvary Church, Chino Hills, California, and yep. he says something like um, to the effect that the reason why uh, the Jews are so hated on this earth is not because of who they are, it's because who Jesus is. He's God, and he decides to come to this earth as a Jewish baby, a Jewish, you know, boy, a Jewish man. So I have a question regarding the Antichrist. He's going to be here at some ethnic group. We don't know which country or which ethnic group. So right. will that group of people be loved by this earth because they're represented by this certain person uh, or, you know, wherever he comes from? Well, um I was listening and, and thinking through your question at the same time. Can you say again at the beginning, because I, I, mi- I missed the conclusion of what you said. Are you, did you say you heard Pastor Jack say that the Jews are hated because, and what did you say exactly? It's because of who Jesus is. Yeah. They hate because okay. God decided to yeah. become a Jewish, come to this earth, yeah. they, it's because of Jesus. Right, because, because that was the result of the fall, right? The result of the fall... Uh, in Genesis was this animosity between the devil and the seed, right? The seed speaking of Messiah. So there's a hatred that comes directly as a result of the curse from the fall, uh, and that hatred comes. So when it comes to the question that you ask, it's a little more ambiguous because the Bible doesn't really say um, the Bible doesn't really say what kind of atmosphere or attitude will hunt, come toward the nation or even the confederacy, confederacy by which this person will, this man will be raised up. However, we can have some conjecture. Um, we may be right or wrong, but we can have some conjecture. And the Antichrist is going to be so well received. He is going to be so well sought after. He's going to be so well wanted that I think there's a good chance that the the country he comes from will have a favorable view in the world, that there will be a favorable 
appreciation of the one guy that has now raised up to save the world and lead the world. You know, I think it was uh, one of the previous prime ministers in England. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but during the midst of the pandemic, he literally said it out loud. He said, we need one man to lead us. Um, I mean, the, the guy said it out loud. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's un- unbelievable um, that that would even be spoken out loud, but that is the spirit of the Antichrist. But uh, Boris Johnson, no, it wasn't Boris Johnson. It was somebody previously. Um, it was one of the guys previously. But at any rate, um, I'm sorry, they texted me. <laughs> they texted me an answer. I was wrong. So I think favorably, my guess is it, the nation will, will have a favorable uh, because that'll lead to the acceptance of the man from that favorable nation. But we don't know. It's all demonic. So could be surrounded with hatred, but also in the demonic realm, Satan can make himself an angel of light and just deceive the whole world. So, as you say, Satan is not a human being; he's a, a fallen angel. So he never loved; he never liked any human being, never, never. So, he is yeah, he is no the matter, father of lies. No matter who goes through, you know, he still hates that person. Yeah. And uh, so, I one, agree. thank you. So one last thing. Um, when I when I donate to you know you say donate to Grace FM, I went yes. to the website and I donated. But if I want to donate to this program, this um, you know Calvary uh, this this radio talk show, is it through Grace FM or is it through um, your church? Because there's like two ways to donate. Either because it's it's all the same. The church owns the station, so it all goes uh-huh. into the same account. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Have a so, blessed week. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Of course, for you guys listening outside of Colorado, uh, not on Grace FM, it may be different. If you, you support your local Christian radio, and that'll keep the show on the air in your uh, area. But here in, in Colorado with Grace FM, um, the support either through the website, gracefm.com, or our church website, calvaryco.church, they're one in the same uh, in the sense that the church, the radio station belongs to the church, five hundred one c three type of thing. You know, we we don't personally like I don't personally own it. Um, the church does, and um, I get to be a part of it. So that was a great question because um, you want to make sure that um, wh- where where is that? You know, where does the resources go, or how can I help? So when you support Grace FM, um, it goes through. Um, it goes through the significance of, of um, I'm, I'm a loss for words, but at any rate, give to your local Christian radio. The Lord will use it. <laughs> How about that? Let's get back to the phone lines. Uh, we're going up to Wyoming now. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Tim, welcome to the program. Tim is dropped off. That's a bummer, but he he asked a great question. Let me answer it. Uh, the way it was put in my, by my call screener, it said, what are, your role, what are our roles as Christians in this evil world? Do we fight this evil going on? Now, if Tim was on the air, I would have said, Tim, what do you mean by fight? Because we have to, defend that, we have to define that word uh, in order to answer that question. Because there's a lot of ways to fight that may not 
be what you think fight means. Like, for example, uh, should we roll up in, in a revolution and overthrow the government? You know, I, I don't believe that to be the case. Jesus didn't. Jesus uh, submitted himself to a much more evil government than what we have in the Roman Empire. Much more evil. And he went to the cross and was murdered illegally by the Romans uh, with the suggestion of the Jewish leadership the religious rulers. And so it just really depends on what fight means. Should people become involved in politics? Yes, secondarily. Should people teach in the public school system? Yes, secondarily. Should people become a police officer? Yes, secondarily. You know, you can go on and on. Um, And what I mean by secondarily is you're a believer in Jesus Christ first. So that is your message and your motive and your method your entire life, no matter where God calls you to interface in society. Absolutely, we need more men and women in the political area, but we don't fight with human weapons. We don't fight with human weapons. And remember, when you're fighting the enemy with human weapons, he he has weapons you don't have access to. He has methods. He can cheat. You can't cheat. He, he can lie. You can't lie. I mean, you can, but you then you won't be fighting in the spirit, in the spirit. And you go, oh, what, Ed, what about the Egyptian midwives? Yeah, they, they did it once. Yeah, they stood up for righteousness when it came, but it wasn't their lifestyle. They, they, they came to a situation where, where saying, what about the New Testament, Ed? What about Peter when he said, I'm going to preach the gospel anyway? That's right. When he came to a place where the government or the leaders over him told him to do something that would sin against God, then no, you don't. You don't sin against God. And you are willing to lose your life for the sake of the gospel. But that's a great question. I wish you uh, uh, maybe next time. Um, It's a great discussion. I don't know that everyone's going to agree on it because there's so many opinions But I do know this. We can't agree on this. How about this? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are added unto him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. That's important. 303-690-3000. And by the way, I had um, somebody text me. It wasn't you, Kevin. Somebody text me the name. Tony Blair was the guy that said it. Thank you, whoever texted that. Just know when you guys text in, there's no name associated with your text. So if you don't sign your name, we don't know. But whoever sent me Tony Blair, you're the winner. Uh, You win. A thank you. So it was Tony Blair that called for a one-world ruler. Isn't that amazing? Uh, And then now, Ron, you emailed me, Ron, uh, the same answer. Thank you, Uh, Ron. You, uh, It was Tony Blair. And, I mean, people are saying this stuff out loud now. And I think one of the things I've been sharing with our church, we're we're Calvary Chapel. We were taught to teach the Bible verse by verse. We place a great emphasis upon prophecy because the Bible places a great emphasis on prophecy. And so what do we do? We teach through Revelation. We teach through Daniel. We teach through Isaiah. We teach through Ezekiel. We teach about what is predicted about the coming of the of the end times. We teach, we take a... a Um, not anymore, we don't do magazines, but we take the headlines and we compare it to what the scripture says. Even though one popular radio guy said, oh, I can't believe these guys are taking the headlines and comparing it to the Bible. The problem with him is he thought all this stuff already happened in the first century. 
Not so. Not so. Um, and, and, and so in light of that, we teach it, we believe it, we live it, the imminent return of Christ, the blessed hope, the rapture of the church, we believe it. But then now things are happening, and I, th- I think what's being revealed in many people that hold to a, con- uh, a traditional futuristic view of eschatology is that we teach it, we teach it, but, but maybe deep down inside, we didn't really think we'd be experiencing it. Like we, we still think it's still yet future, still yet future, still yet future. Things like, yes, right prior to the coming of Christ, hearts will grow cold. And what have you seen? You've lost friends. Christians leave the church. They just leave. It's like, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't want to hear it. And they go to a church that they agree with. They, or they don't even go to church anymore. Now I've seen, I haven't, I haven't seen more people tell me that they have a YouTube pastor now than ever before. And I mean, not, not like, not a guy like Jack Hibbs, who's a solid Bible teacher, but you know, guys that are just whacked, but now that's their pastor. And some of these guys aren't even alive anymore. They never even met him. They, they're not even alive anymore, but nope, I would believe him more than I believe you pastor. Yeah. But I was at your bedside. We were praying for you when you, that situation was with your health. We were praying for your prodigal kid. And now you're going to choose a YouTube pastor or a YouTube guy. He's not even a pastor. You can't call him that. That's what you're going to choose. What We're seeing it. Why? And you go, Ed, what does that have to do with the end times? Well, the warning was in the end times, there will be those that don't, don't endure sound doctrine and they'll heap up for themselves teachers that will teach them what they want to hear. And so I've never seen so much disarray. I've never seen so much division. I've never seen so much divorce. I've never seen so much um, abandonment, betrayal. Um, In my 22 years as a senior pastor, my 30 years of walking with the Lord, uh, and and it's happening because it's the prelude. And then what happens? We have this, this pandemic, which you could also call a plague or a pestilence separate from it any of the overreach of government and such just separate all that or any of your disagreements just like man look what kind of damage where a manufactured virus uh can do what kind of and the lives lost and you know like you you might well but you know the flu look stop it stop it whatever this was uh, i was at the bedside of of a couple people that were in in a coma because of covid it was, I don't know what else to tell you. And I'm grateful they're awake now and alive, but not everybody made it through because COVID accelerated something else in their, and they, they, they didn't recover. It's just a brutal world that we're in. And then what did Jesus say? Jesus said that like labor pains. And so what are labor pains? These are intense pains preparing for the delivery, right? That come... When, when they increase, they become more frequent and they become more intense. And isn't that the days in which we live? And by the way, I'm, everything I've just saying right now, I taught. We just taught recently through the book of Daniel. Uh, and that is available on our free app. Just go to your app store and um, go to your app store and download the app. Just put my name in there, Ed Taylor. And you can go to Messages. 
and uh, you can view all messages and just go to the book of Daniel. Um, uh, we just taught that under the Old, Old Testament study library, and we taught through Daniel, and I did a little series in there, Understanding the Times. We did that in June of 2020, and I'm sure you have to update it now, but at any rate, so much going on, so much going on around the world. Now we have wars and the threat of nuclear disaster again, and and we have a team uh, in Zap, uh, in on the border, um, in connection with uh, the ministry going on in Zaporozhye. We're helping refugees get settled. Pray for them that they'd be safe. Pray the Lord would provide for all of their needs according. Give them physical strength, emotional strength. We have families in our own church that have many, many connections to Kiev, to Donetsk, to Zaporozhye, and on and on. And it's a hard season, a hard season to live in, but the Lord is faithful. He's going to get us through it. We're going to meet him in the air face to face. He's going to show himself faithful no matter what's happening. He triumphs over sin and death, and we trust him with our lives, spiritually and physically. So I'd encourage you to go to my website, edtaylor.org. I have a new post uh, today on Ezekiel 38. And I noticed during the program, Kevin got the podcast done. So I'm going to post that right now before I head out right after the show. And I'm going to put that up on the Lead to Serve podcast. And it'll be live in about 15 minutes. Love you guys. See you in church this weekend. We, we meet here Saturday nights, 6 p.m., Sunday mornings. Go to calvaryco.church. You guys around the country and around the world, we love you. You're part of our family. Pray for us as we pray for you. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.